guys. This is Monica. Hey, dudes. It's Jennifer. Thanks for joining us again at the Spooky Chat Podcast. What are we doing today, JJ? We are... Oh, we are recording, first off, at the beautiful Austin Public Library central location. We reserved a room. Yes, we reserved it this time. Yeah. And I'm facing that big, huge clock of crows or, I don't know, ravens. It's, in- it's intense. It's very intense. It seems very Alice in Wonderland. We realized how much we hate certain things. And so this is going to be a two-part episode. Part one is, this is something JJ hates. And then part two will be... This is something Monica hates. And these are s- spooky supernatural topics, not like taxes. Yeah, I mean, nobody likes nobody likes taxes, but you need to get your roads fixed. That's a whole other podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Do we want to talk about Austin's infrastructure? We, or We will be starting a poli- political <laughs> podcast. I'm just kidding. We're not going to do that. So yeah, we're talking about supernatural topics that are at the very, very bottom of our list. Yes. I don't care for the topic of reincarnation. I just want to clarify, it's not because I don't like it as a religious tenet. I I want to take religion and being a foundation of a religion out of it. I want to talk about it just as a concept of we die and we come back, we are reborn into a different body. That's, That's the part I don't like, just reincarnation. I don't like it. I think it's interesting. I guess I I focus mostly on kids having memories that they shouldn't have and knowing things that there's no way that they should be able to know. I don't like my vocal fry there. I always enjoy vocal fry. Cut up some potatoes. Fried up. I'm ready. Well, it sounds delicious when you say it like that and add some cheese. But when you're listening to it with your ears. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Okay. Before we get started on reincarnation. Yes. (laughs) Before we get started on reincarnation. I wanted to reference an episode that we did a while ago. Did something spooky happen? Well, let me tell you. Oh, my God. I have been super busy the last few weeks. With the podcast? Well, I guess the last few months with the podcast and life and everything else that I have been kind of behind on some of my shows. So we did a show a few weeks ago. I guess not a few weeks ago, maybe two weeks ago. That's a few. Yeah. I I just, I don't know when this show's going to come out in relation to that show. Right. So when this comes out, it'll be a few weeks ago. But as of right now, in this moment, late July, it was just like two weeks ago. And I finally started listening to Two Girls, One Ghost. Catching up. Catching up. I'm so behind. I believe they have 46 episodes right now. Mm -hmm. And I am on episode 22 and it was bad omens and in their bad omens they mention owls and lechuzas that's what we talked about and i have never in all of my years several decades heard of a lechuza heard any stories about a lechuza until tim brought it up and we started researching and he started he told us his story yes I hate when that happens, when you're, you don't know about something, you find about, you find out that something exists, and then you hear it everywhere. Yes. And it was like, why am I hearing about this owl woman? It's a bad omen. It's not a good, that entity, a Lechuza, is not a good omen. Right. What is going on in my life that I need to fix? Oh my God. I thought I was pretty much, I don't really go out at night. If it's dark, it's time to go to bed. And we we work all the time. I don't sleep that often, so I am up in the middle of the night. What if 
Okay, you know how my neighbor's house, the light sensor goes off all the time. Yes. What if it's a Lachusa? What if it is? But you're a woman, so it's not coming after you. <gasps> what is she trying to get? Uh-uh. We're going to have to fight if she's coming to get my husband. Have you guys found any any scratches or any shawls around <laughs> the house? <laughs> Have you heard any baby noises? Have you heard babies crying outside? Oh, heaven forbid. I don't ever want it. Well. That's scary. No. I'm going to get a thesaurus and look up other words for scary and try to use those words instead. Scary, creepy, spooky, uncanny. That's not good. I would definitely put this in the uncanny realm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like it. I don't either. Like, I've never heard of that word or that term. I know owls and owls being bad omens, owls being good omens. Uh, Drake has an owl on his clothing line. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Drake, the supposed Shakespeare of our time. The bard. We can cut this later because if he ever hears this, I don't want him to think that I don't like him because I think he's a great guy. You like Aubrey. You don't like Drake, but you like Aubrey. Yes. I liked him as Jimmy in Degrassi. Okay. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, well, speaking of Drake, I think he is Shakespeare reincarnated. I, oh, God. Okay. I, I do. I do. So let's, uh, why don't we go straight into reincarnation? Yes, but I, yes. I just want to add that about Luchuza because it just creeped me the fuck out. It feels like someone's listening. It really does. And I know I, I hate when people are like, the universe is talking to you. But it just, in that moment, because I was so, one, it was a story. We've known Tim for years and never heard that story. Yeah. And then two, I'm so behind on other podcasts. What are the and chances? Yeah, it was like I heard that exact episode in the moment that we were talking about when are we going to release that episode? Are we going to go ahead and upload? What are we going to do? And it was just, I just couldn't deal with it in that moment. Okay, let's go into reincarnation. Drake is Shakespeare reincarnated. Go. So I have two stories to tell you about reincarnation. (laughs) The first story is about a kid. His name is James Leninger. And he was born in 1998. So fairly recently. And I feel like a lot of those stories that I've heard about reincarnation was like not recently. But I feel like 1998 is very recent, especially since we were alive during that time Mm -hmm. in 1998. So from a very early age, he was obsessed with airplanes. So when he was 18 months old, his father took him to a flight museum in Dallas. I don't remember what it's called. It's like Kavanaugh or something like that. And James was super interested in the World War II planes, which seems normal for a kid, right? Yeah. Kids like planes. Well, when he was two which was shortly after that, he started having nightmares. Oh, no. His mother said that he looked like he was fighting to escape a box. He was on his back and he was kicking and screaming. Oh, God. When she woke him up, she finally managed to wake him up and asked him what was what his nightmare was about. He said, airplane on fire, little man can't get out. I don't like that. His parents were trying to, you know, ask him more about his nightmare. And he told his mother that the man in the airplane, that it was him in the airplane. And... That he was shot down by the Japanese. He's two at this point. I don't like that. Uh, what, so they asked him, how do you know it's the Japanese? And he said, the Big Red Sun. Wow. So I don't know if we all know that that's on their flag. The Big Red Sun is on their flag. Nuts. Like he was consistently having these nightmares. So they started to ask him more information about if he could tell them anything else that was going on in the nightmares. And he he would talk about it when he was like dozing off, like when he was drowsy right before bed. And he mentioned the word Natoma. Oh, wow. And I've never heard that word before. Me either. And and to have a name, a, a specific, full name, that's a little too much. A specific name. Right. This little boy's name was James. He said that his name was James Three. He was the third James. They found a person who had flown on Natoma named James Houston Jr. 
which means that James Houston Sr. would have been James Houston's father, which means that little James would have been the third James from the James in the line that he was reincarnated from. So he started writing his name, James Three on everything when he was two or three or whatever. Wait, was Junior on the... Oh, wait, what's his name? His, who? The little boy's name. His name is James. His name is James. So he's thinking, oh, I'm, I'm the next, I'm the third James. Right. Even though it seems like he's just reincarnated right. from James Jr. Jr., right. And he mentioned someone named Jack Larson. I guess they started thinking, okay, to the Japanese air battles, that made them think it's maybe World War II. So they started searching for Jack Larson in the death records, and they didn't find anything. Uh, but they did find out that Natoma was the name of an aircraft carrier that flew in the Pacific during World War II. Wow. How did he know that? He was two. They, I told you they searched the death records for Jack Larson. They couldn't find him. They uh-huh. were searching in the wrong place. Whoa. Jack Larson was still alive and living in Arkansas. Nuts. Wait. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So they contacted him, Jack Larson, and he told them that he was there the day that James Houston's plane was shot down and it was shot directly in the engine, which would match up with the nightmares that he was having, that the plane got shot in the engine, he couldn't get out of the airplane, and that's where he died. Oh, no. Little James's father started to do more research about World War II, and he was researching aircraft carriers since they had found out that Natoma Bay was the aircraft carrier that he had flown out from. So he got a book on aircraft carriers in the Pacific. So one day the father was looking at a section on the Battle of Iwo Jima. Little James walks up and he says, he points to it and he says, that's where my plane was shot down. And so the father later found out that yes, the Natoma had participated in the Battle of Iwo Jima. Wow. So the Natoma was there. James had G.I. Joe dolls uh-huh. when he was little. The recent James, not the older James. He named them Billy, Leon, and Walter. So his parents asked him where he got those names from. And he said, that's who met me when I got to heaven. Wow. So his father found out that Billy, Leon, and Walter were the names of three Natoma Bay Navy aviators who had died before James Houston Jr. So that day... Or, in, or during that battle? Before, like, before him. I don't know if okay. it was that day or if it was, like, weeks or months before. Yeah. Maybe other people that he had known. It sounds like he knew them, and they were other people that had just died, too. So those guys, Billy, Leon, and Walter, their full names were Billy Peeler, Leon Connor, and Walter Devlin. Wow. They had died before James Houston. How did he know that? I guess it's nice to be greeted by your friends. That's something that you always hear, though, is when, when people are dying in a, in a hospital room. They're like, oh, my my mom's here, my dad's yeah. here, my old family members are here. Yeah. And it's always people who have passed before you. Well, we know a nurse, and hopefully she'll tell us some stories about, like, the midnight shift. Oh, my god! But I don't want her to tell me, like, something that intense. Yeah. Like, that's in, that's too intense for me. Well, my one of my friends, when I was in high school... Her dad died in the hospital, and she told us the story of when he died, and it had those themes in it. Like, he was seeing things that weren't there, and then when he passed, he lifted his arms up, and she said something happened in the room, and then he passed away. Wow. Yeah. Like, she could feel something happening? Mm -hmm. Well, okay. Later on, I'm hoping to get my friend Kai back on the show, because she was there when someone passed away, too. Like, she Mm -hmm. was in the room holding their hand and she described it to me and I've never I've never experienced that even when I was very close to a home death Mm -hmm. that sensation I think is very similar to something that other people that has happened to other people 
Little James said that he flew a Corsair airplane. Mm-hmm. And one time his mom, they got him like a toy airplane. And on the bottom it said it had like a little, like a, it looked like an engine. And she said, oh, there's an engine. And he said, no, mommy, that's not an engine. That's a drop tank. So like he knew, and a drop tank is a real part of an airplane, but obviously I'm not a person who knows what airplanes are. So I know what a drop tank is, but I don't know how to explain it. It's a real piece of an airplane. Okay. So I don't know what a drop tank is either. Let me Google it real quick. Okay, in aviation, a drop tank, external tank, wing tank, or belly tank is used to describe auxiliary fuel tanks externally carried by aircraft. A drop tank is expendable and often jettisonable. Oh, so it's a tank you can drop. Yeah, a tank you can drop. He knew things about the Corsair airplanes that you you wouldn't think that a little kid would know. He knew about the drop tank. He knew that they took a lot of beating going like taking off from the aircraft they would get frequently they would get flat tires he knew that that seems so dangerous it does i i wouldn't do it james houston jr died flying a fm2 wildcat not a corsair but he knew about the course he knew about the corsairs there was a program that james houston jr participated in where corsairs were tested for aircraft carrier landings wow that's probably how he knew about yeah problems that they had wow they found James Houston's sister, who is still alive. Oh, wow. And she agreed to talk to them over the phone. He knew a lot of personal details about James Houston's life. So uh-huh. much so that he made Anne believe. And she sent him like a bunch of her brother's stuff. So in the phone call, and this is just a couple of examples. So James told Anne that he called her Annie. And Annie said that James, her brother, was the only person who called her Annie. But I don't think that's a stretch. No. To call Anne and Annie. Uh, James told Anne that they had a sister named Ruth, and they did. Okay, but you could look that up through records. James said Ruth was four years older, but how old is he? I mean, unless his parents are in on this. Yeah. He's still kind of young. He's still very young to know those And then in 1998, details. I mean, if he was born in 1998 and then early 2000s, I feel like the internet wasn't, like it was all for LimeWire back at that point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were all still on Napster. <laughs> So James told Anne that Ruth, their sister, was four years older than Anne, and that Anne was four years older than James, which was true. James reported that their father was an alcoholic. Wow. And he smashed things when he was drunk, and that he had to go to rehab for alcoholism, and Anne said that was true. What? Okay. I don't... Okay, so if this happened back in the 40s, I don't believe there would be any kind of, let me look at Facebook, let me look at this, to be able to say... Yeah. That that's what happened. How would you know that? So James said that Ruth, their other sister, she was a society columnist for a local paper. And she was, quote, mortified when their mother took a job as a maid for a wealthy family that Ruth was writing about. And Anne said that was true. James said that he and Anne as children had matching portraits done by the same artist, which were gifts for their mother, whose name was Daryl. Anne said that was true. Wow. So he, little James said that as he got older, the memory started to fade. Oh. So, and I feel like that's a common theme yeah. with people that the kids will have memories that they shouldn't really have. But also kids have great imaginations. But I feel like the, the probability of having an imagination for something so specific like that is very low. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I also, I don't know if it's because I'm naive, but I don't want to believe that his parents would help him do a kind of, do a hoax like this. Not like that. I feel like that would be, I feel like that's too much. I feel like that's so much effort for so little, such little payoff. And yeah, what payoff do you get 
Yeah. What's your end game for saying, oh, my kid had reincarnation into this pilot? What do you want? What are you expecting? What do you, what are you trying to get? Yeah, I don't know. Interviewed by psychics. You don't have to, you don't have to go that far to get that done. Maybe. At one point, they had a reunion for the, the Natoma. Uh huh. And James went, little James went with his parents. And all of the people who were there said that he looked like James Houston Jr. Oh, my God. I can see how that's not, like, if it's, like, a guy reincarnated into a lady or a lady yes, reincarnated yes. into a guy, you're not okay. going to look the same. Okay. But the pictures that they did side by side, they, I mean. It's oh, like, why would, you, why would you fake it? That just doesn't. Another thing that James knew that they didn't know that he would know was um, when he was little, his mom made meatloaf. And it was the very first time she had ever made meatloaf for him. And he said, oh, I love meatloaf. We used to have it all the time on the ship. Wow. <laughs> and so his, when they were at that reunion, you know, he asked some of the pilots, some of the other pilots, like, did you guys have meatloaf on the ship? And they said, yeah, we used to eat meatloaf all the time on the ship. Wow. So it's just like little things that it is little things. Know. I mean, I don't want to diss his story. I don't want to be like, I don't believe this, baby. But this one's very convincing. And it's a very sweet story because it also felt like, that kind of, in a way, feels like closure. Right. So. But it could also be a swindle. It could be a swindle. But honestly, what does that kind of soldier, what does he have that anybody would want? I think he had like want? a bust of George Washington and like a, a, air, a toy airplane. And see, that's like, why would you, why would you even waste your time? Yeah. What, what would be the point? Yeah. You know, so I read a couple of different things, and one of the things was a skept- a skepticism article, uh-huh. and it said, so he went to the airplane museum when he was little, uh-huh. and then the nightmare started. So is it possible that the night, like, he went to the airplane museum, picked stuff up about airplanes, and then started to have imagination, nightmares, and stuff like that, or did it trigger reincarnation memories which one is it well i don't know like when he's little he's impressionable he like so he liked the airplanes at the museum so if your kid likes something you're, you're gonna encourage that yeah but you know as skeptical as i am i just i feel like that's so far yeah he may not be whatever whatever but to have those specific memories and of being yeah of, of being that person that's a little too far what records are you gonna look in other than a newspaper article that says such and such went to rehab. I mean, you have to look in diaries and everything else to find that information and to know that this sister felt this way because their mom had that job. Yeah. That is something the sister absolutely would never have recorded anywhere but a personal diary. And for him to have that information... Okay, that's the thing about reincarnation. I don't want to believe it, but some of these people are very, very convincing. Yeah, I agree. Especially when it's the little kid. You're not going to go up to a little kid and say, "You're you're a liar. You might. I mean, you might, but... He's older now, so you could. Yeah, I guess he's like 20 now. It just makes me sad that he had all of his memories in his past life, but now now that life has faded away, and it's just, it's gone now. So if we all have reincarnation, why Ugh. do some of us remember and some of us don't? And, do you, and the thing is, do you really want to remember? If it was something cool, I might. But then when you feel sad because it's over now and you're not going to get to repeat it? Well, no, because you're going to have other lives. 
Okay, what's your next? So my next story, your next story. has to do with World War II also. Okay. Which is interesting to me. There was a little girl in 19... She was born in 1954. Her name was Barbro Carlin. Okay. She was born in Sweden. Okay. To Christian parents. And that's important because we remember what was going on during World War II with the Jewish people. So when Barbro was less than three years old, she told her parents that her name was not Barbro Carlin. Her name was Anne Frank. So in... I don't know how long it took people to find out about Anne Frank... Her parents didn't know who Anne Frank was. They thought she was just making it up. The Diary of Anne Frank was first published in Amsterdam in 1947. Okay. And it was published, the English translation was published in 1952. So I don't know when it would have been released in Sweden. It had to be around the time that she was born, maybe. Around that time. But I don't think it started being really popular until later when it's added on different like book lists and stuff. Right. She had nightmares. Barbara had nightmares when she was little where men would run up the stairs and kick in the door to her family's hiding place. Oh, no. So she was having the nightmares of Anne's hiding place being discovered. The stories made her parents worry about her, and she kind of picked up that it made people uncomfortable. Uh So her parents took her to a psychiatrist. She didn't talk about the past life at all because she had figured out that it had made people nervous. She figured out that it was a bad thing. Oh, no. So the psychiatrist said she was perfectly normal. Okay, I am all for mental health. Yes. I am, I, my daughter sees a psychologist. She sees an actual licensed clinical social worker. Yeah. She sees her every two weeks, and she has a lot of support when it comes to that kind of thing. You absolutely cannot send someone to an appointment once or even twice and get a real firm diagnosis. Right. Like you can't, there's no way to do that and and get a complete picture. But also if you go to a, like a physical doctor uh-huh. and you don't tell them what's wrong, the they chances can't, that they they're going to, they're not going to find it on their own. Yeah. Unless you tell them where it hurts and then they'll look at that area and figure out what's wrong. Yes. So she didn't say I'm having these memories. So there was no way for them to know. Yes. And I would encourage anyone out there that is seeking mental health treatment give it some time you can't just go in and feel better after the first time it's a journey yeah it is a journey and you at least at least need to go three times to get a real firm diagnosis and then to understand what's going to work i mean once it's it's absolutely not enough you're not going to get to what you need to get to but anyway that's a tangent let's get back to the story of barbro barbro so when she was seven or eight, her school, her class started learning about World War II. They were learning about history, even though it had just happened like 10 years before. So her teacher started talking about Anne Frank, and she was confused. Like, why? how, how does my teacher know what who Anne Frank is? That's me. That's when she realized that Anne Frank was famous. Oh. Since childhood, she had had a fear of men in uniforms, which I can get that is a normal thing for anybody, I feel like. Since she was a little kid... She had an aversion to eating beans, and that's important because the Frank family insisted on beans for nearly two years while they were hiding. Oh my God! We recently, I recently reread or I read *Number of the Stars* with my daughter. I like love we that were talking book. about it, so good. And I originally read *Number of the Stars* in third grade, and then we read *Anne Frank* maybe in fifth grade. And I can't even imagine being that young and having to hide, having to not have a choice about what you're going to eat. Like a lot of kids still don't have that knowledge of that self-awareness of, oh, I need to, 
I've got to be quiet because these people are out to kill us. Yep. I mean, can you imagine? And I know a lot of the world still lives in fear of certain, you know, certain governments and certain, maybe they just had a military coup or their parents are political prisoners. So a lot of kids are still in that situation of Mm -hmm. people are trying to kill us and I I don't understand why. Like, that's so crazy. It is. It really is. It's scary. Okay. I'm sorry. Debbie no, Downer. it's okay. Stop apologizing. <gasps> okay. It's okay. We're, we're having a conversation. Okay. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> but sorry. Also, she would only take baths, not shower. So when she was 10 years old, her family uh, visited Amsterdam. They took a tour of Europe. Oh, it's wow. Amsterdam. Wow. We all know what is in Amsterdam. The Anne Frank Museum. She was able House. to easily find her way around the city. Despite never having been there. I don't know if you've ever seen a map of Amsterdam. It's very windy and confusing. Wow. I don't know how she knew that. So when they were at the hotel in Amsterdam, her father was calling for a taxi because they were going to go visit the Anne Frank house. Uh Uh-huh. And little Barbro said, we don't need a taxi. It's not a far walk from here. Whoa. She knew exactly where it was. They followed her for a 10-minute walk. She knew exactly where to go. Okay. Okay. That is... Okay. That's a convincing thing for me because did they have a map? It sounds like they didn't. Back then they didn't have Google Maps. They didn't have Google Maps. How would she know where something was if she had never looked at a layout of the city? Yep. Yep. So that for me is a lot more convincing. So when they got there, she said, oh, the steps are different. They changed the steps. And that was true. They had changed the steps. Wow. Uh, when she walked inside, she says she broke out in a cold sweat and found it hard to breathe. So she started having a physical reaction to being there. It sounds, oh, no. It sounds like fear. Wow. Um, let's see. So they were walking around the rooms, and they got to one of the smaller rooms. And so she recognized this wall. She said that she had hung photos of movie stars on the wall, but the wall was empty. So her father asked one of the guides what like what was on this wall. And they said, oh, there were pictures of movie stars that Anne had hung. And we took them down because we're going to preserve them. Okay. Okay. So they were supposed to be there. Okay. But they had taken them down. So how does she know that that's where they were? Okay. Because I believe that they are actually back. Oh. I think they're there. I mean, I've I've never been to the house, but I've you know you read literature about what it looks like on the inside. Okay. Like this, it's not a secret. So I I think that they're back there, or they're so somewhere because this would have preserved. been in the sixties. Yeah, that they went. Yeah. So they protected. They mounted them under glass for protection. Mm-hmm. But when they went, they weren't there, and she knew that they were supposed to be there. Okay. As she got older, her memory started to fade. Oh. And that seems like a common theme, but, but. When she was in her 40s, she started having problems at work with a coworker, and it seemed like he was persecuting her. So she says that this feeling triggered memories from the concentration camp. Whoa. And she realized that this coworker was the reincarnation of a Nazi guard from Bergen-Belsen. Okay. That's too far. That's what she says. I understand her being triggered and having feelings of being persecuted. That makes sense to me. Right. But... Okay, and this is, are you at the end of your story? Almost. Okay, go ahead, finish it, because this is, this, is, this is the crux of my issue. So this prompted her to write a book. So she okay. wrote a book called And the Wolves Howled. It is available on Amazon if you want to do more research on your own. Okay. I'm probably going to read it. Okay. It sounds interesting. You should, and then give us a review. Okay. Since she published a book, she got recognition for publishing a book, being an author. The president of the Anne Frank Foundation wanted to meet her. Okay. This man was named Buddy Elias... And he was Anne's cousin. Ooh. 
he arranged to meet her through her publisher, and he didn't want her publisher to tell her who he was. Yes. So her publisher said, hey, this guy wants to meet you. He's a big fan of your book. Okay. So they didn't tell her who he was beforehand. Okay. He, Buddy Elias and Anne had played together when they were young, and he was the last living relative of Anne Frank. Cool. When they met, Barbo says they immediately fell into each other's arms, and they both cried. And they talked for two hours. And remain friends for the rest of Buddy's life. Wow. So I guess he recognized her. Or whatever it was in her spirit or or whatever it was that she may have told him, he was yeah. like, this is her. Uh, Buddy passed away in 2015. Oh. She moved to California in 1999 and she now lives in North Carolina. Wow. Yep. So she's still alive. And another thing I know that you had kind of poo-pooed this in the first story they put side-by-side pictures and they her, do, and they do look similar. They have the same eyes. I just rolled my eyes <laughs> and looked. Because there's only, okay, there's only so many combinations that you can add together in a human face. Yeah. There's only so many combinations. Let me go back to the part about where she says, well, this person is a reincarnation of this other person. And this, it, it just makes it seem like y'all are following each other in bodies and you're always meant to be antagonistic to each other. This is my main issue with, with reincarnation right now. Mm-hmm. I am, for me, afraid of swimming and afraid of the water. For a lot of my life, you you could not get me in the water deeper than maybe my shoulders. Even when I go in the ocean, I do not like to go that far. I just don't go to the ocean at all. Well, I mean, I do. The thing is, I enjoy going to the beach. I enjoy being in water. But I have a fear of drowning. Deep, deep, dark water? Yes. So I don't like going that far. I can do things. Like, I'm not so scared that I don't get in the water. I'll get in the water. I'll get in the swimming pool. I'll get in the ocean. What if you were on the Titanic? Well, and the thing is, what if I'm just scared of water? That's true, too. Because I feel like things that people are like, oh, I'm scared of this. I'm scared of this. Like, I don't like having things around my neck. I can't. Like, I don't know if you've noticed, I don't wear necklaces. My collars are already really, always really loose. I don't like having things around my neck. That's a normal thing. I don't want to be choked. I'm not going to say my head was chopped off and I used to be Anne Boleyn, but I don't like it. But you also, you don't like swallowing, like, huge pills either. Also, I don't like swallowing huge pills. Maybe you do have, like, a neck thing. Maybe. Because your head was chopped off. Maybe. But I feel like... There's a difference between having a deathly fear of drowning, which I think is a healthy fear. And I think it's very, it's not, un, it's not unreasonable. Right. Or of heights. Yeah. I don't want to fall. Yeah. I think that's a healthy fear. And so what I don't like is when people like, they do like the past life regression and they try to regress and they try to go back and they're like, whoa, I'm going back. And then they're like, oh, I'm scared of this in my life because it happened in a previous life. And it's like, no. You're just scared of it because it's a naturally it's a natural thing to be scared of. What about birthmarks? Have you heard about that? That people in this life have a birthmark similar to people in past lives? Yes. Of how they died? I think that the human brain will go through and make things look the way that they think they should look. Like human faces, I think, will make human faces out of things that don't have faces. And I think that birthmarks will do the same thing. We'll say, what does that look like? It's a blob. It's a blob. Mine's a square. So how did you die? I don't know. It's on my thigh. Have you ever seen it? No. I don't think I've ever gotten that close to you. I don't think I ever looked. Come look at it. Oh. Okay. That looks like an almost perfect square. Yep. That Okay. That's a little weird. 
But I think it's weird in terms of. I'm sorry. I I think it's just weird in terms of like a square. Yeah. I don't think it's weird in terms of death. That's how you die. Well, maybe I got shot in the leg somehow. It doesn't. And it got gangrenous. Died, and then I got septic, and I died. (laughs) Maybe that was another. A bullet hole would be round. Maybe this one wasn't, or maybe it was like a like a pole, and someone stabbed me in the leg with the pole. Square pole. I'm going to stab you in the leg with a pole, like, right now. Like, right now. I'm so upset with you right now. Why? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I just, I don't like when they do regression therapy Mm -hmm. and they regress people to try to figure out why they have certain fears. Now, okay, fear of cotton balls, fear of aluminum foil. I get it. Well, I saw a story once. Where a girl was saying that she was deathly afraid of, like, some, something, like, like, cotton balls, okay? Like, white cotton balls. So then they regressed her to where she had a traumatic experience with a white cat who hissed at her. And for some reason, her mind associated the white cat with cotton balls. And so whenever, and, like, the cat hissed at her and attacked her. And so she was scared. So she associated that with cotton balls to where she didn't want to be around fluffy white things. Is that is that a past life or this life? I don't remember. I think I want to say this life. That makes sense to me. There are lots of memories that when you're that small, you only remember certain things. And so that white cat to her probably looked like a bunch of cotton balls and she probably went over to pet it and that cat's like, not today. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to me. I just, I don't like it when people are like, why do you have issues with relationships? Let's regress you back and go to a previous life. Oh, well, you were this in a previous life and this is what you did. I don't like that aspect. That makes sense. And and because I don't, don't have any control over that. Maybe. And I mean, I don't want to say I think it's BS because I think there's something in there. It has to be something that I don't know. I just, I don't know. I'm just not convinced Yeah. by a lot of it. And it makes me also a little angry that it's always little kids. And I'm like, I don't want, if it's not real, I don't want people to take advantage of little kids. Well, I don't see how you could take advantage of them. I just want to hear the story. Just tell me your memories. I know people are like, kids can be coached. But kids, sometimes they just do whatever the fuck they want to do. Like, you can't make them do a lot of things. Yeah. Like, if you've ever been in church or you've ever been out and about, the kids are like, I'm hungry. And you're about to feed them. And then they just fall. Like, when kids have a fit and people look at the parents and they're like, why aren't you getting your kids together? You can't. Little kids will do whatever the fuck they want to do when they want to do it. Yeah. So I feel like in some respects they can't be coached, but in others I'm like, this kid was coached. So I don't know. I don't know how I feel. It's okay. I just know reincarnation gives me a lot of feelings on the inside, mm-hmm. and I don't like all of the feelings that it gives me. Well, we can stop for today with reincarnation. So we don't have to talk about it anymore. But what do you, are you okay? What if someone says they have past life memories and want to come on the show? Are you able to talk to them about it? Yes, absolutely. I want to hear your story. I want you, this is one of those things that I want you to convince me. And maybe it's because I don't know anyone that's ever felt that way. Mm -hmm. Not even with my birthmark. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) If you can give me a legitimate story. I'll find it. About, we'll regret, you know what? We should go to someone who does some regression. I don't. I don't know about all that. And see if they can regress you back. I'm not. I I don't know. Well, okay. There's a BuzzFeed video online on YouTube. Mm -hmm. And people in BuzzFeed got regressed back. 
And I think one, you have to be able to be hypnotized. If you aren't, because I think that's what the therapy does is it hypnotizes you. Mm -hmm. If you aren't able to be hypnotized, I don't think you can do it. But I don't know. So if anybody's ever done regression therapy, if you know someone that's done regression therapy, if you know someone that has a past life, please let us know. I'm not going to make fun of you. I would love to hear that story. Yeah, I'm going to be a little bit skeptical, but I'm not going to make fun of you. I'm going to completely be open. I think it's because I don't, this is so rare, I don't know anyone that has ever experienced it. And maybe when I meet someone, I'm going to keep my mind open and I'm going to, I'm going to be open to that. Cool. I'm going to stay open. Nice. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing the research this week and letting me know about these stories. They were super interesting. It was a pleasure. It was fun and interesting. I really like this topic. I'm sorry that you don't. No, no. It's I respect you. I respect what you like. And I respect that you respect my ability to disagree. We've got an Instagram. You guys can go there and look. And... Let's keep it keep it cool, because if we have to disable comments, I will do that. Yep, she will. She's not playing. Come on, guys. Keep it cool. The Instagram is spooky underscore chat underscore podcast on Instagram. Yeah. I think I you can just, like, look up spooky certain. chat, and it, it might pop up, but we've got underscores in there. And then we've got an email address. We do. Spookychatpodcast at gmail.com. Send in thoughts, feelings opinions stories anything you want to send yeah and i'm uh, apologizing if i sound super condescending i'm gonna try not to sound condescending i'm open i'm gonna be open and when we talk about orbs i don't know what i'm gonna sound like i'm not making any promises i'm not (laughs) making any promises We will see. I'm going to see what you bring, what you come at me with for orbs. Okay. And then we'll go from there. I'm bringing it. I'm bringing it. Oh, and thank you always to Forrest Wilson for composing that wonderful song, Gallows, which we are using. I love our theme song. Yeah, no, I think it's absolutely wonderful and it's super creepy. Yep. All right, guys. uh, Thank you for tuning in to Spooky Chat Podcast. We will see you next time. Thanks. Stay safe, spooky babies. fucking love a man in uniform maybe once you hit puberty oh my god okay one time i was on sixth street and like the cops will line up oh my god and like there was this one cop oh my god and i looked over at this random girl on the street and we both looked at each other looked back at the cop looked at each other again and started laughing you guys had a moment we had a moment because i mean that's how attractive this guy in uniform was